1: the size of Tampa's goalie did you see that guy he was huge he was enormous he was, he was, i mean if i had a goalie like that i'd never trade him i know he was, he, he was massive and oh, good he just has to lie
0: down sideways in the net and he just covers the whole thing yeah you should find out who that is yeah i mean it's the sort of guy you'd kind of want to trade for you know yeah i'd I, want that guy on my team uh
1: definitely like if i had a choice between a really short guy and then that guy who was very tall i'd probably take that guy yeah that makes sense to me even if like i had a short guy and a fourth round pick i'd probably still want the tall guy it kind of i'm I'm a height snob i mean it's just you can't teach height
0: you dotted in red remember todd white where did eric carlson eat last night it doesn't matter if you asked it's the check and luke podcast Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Spetsa of the Chet Sellers and Luke Pristy podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who likes Ottawa's chances, regardless of whether he's talking about the playoffs or Connor McDavid. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? And I'm quite well. Episode Spetsa. I wasn't sure if you were going to pull that one out, but I don't. I don't remember any other 19. Someone was going to sponsor the episode on the condition that we call it episode Yashin, but they but, withdrew what? their donation at the last minute,
1: <laughs> so it was episode Spetsa. <laughs> So what's going on?
0: Well, Ottawa's given it the old college try these days to try to make the playoffs. <laughs> In that they're playing with an NCAA goaltender. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I guess last time we talked, it was kind of like, oh, let's see what happens with this Andrew Hammond dude. Maybe he can keep winning. And then he did.
1: Yeah, that was funny because we kind of just said last time, let's let it ride. And, you know, obviously he's going to peter out. But as long as you're pressing the wave, let's see how long it lasts. And it's still kind of going. Like, I mean, he's not been lights out, but he's arguably been better or at least luckier than Craig Anderson in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's like area area goaltender who has won 16 of his first 14 games is not lights out. (laughs) (laughs) So so he didn't break the Lulim undefeated record of 16 games, right? Like he only got to 15 before he lost, but he's now 16-1-1. And we're taping this on Friday after the overtime win against the Lightning on Thursday night, which was very... Very exciting. You and I um, executed what I do believe to be the worst two-handed high five in the history (laughs) of the world. Uh, I got one forearm. When Patty (laughs) Patty Dubs Weirkosh scored that uh, game winner with 16 seconds to go, uh, I think I missed both of your hands and pulled a muscle in my (laughs) ribs. Uh, I was so excited. So that was good. You had to be. It was a different time. We were all excited. We did things we regret. Andrew Hammond. I mean, if the playoffs start today and the Senators were in them, he'd be your goaltender, right? That... well, you have to keep riding the magic, I guess. Right. Like, it's kind
0: of like, here's your. I mean, Craig Anderson's only won one playoff series in his career, so well, it's well, not like you're going to go to like <laughs> playoff warrior Craig Anderson. <laughs> it's
1: not like <laughs> he not like you're doesn't have go a with, reputation. It's not like you're going to go with the guy who actually has had success in the playoffs and has carried the team for four years. You want the guy who's sixteen, one and one, and has a meat themed nickname, of course. Yeah, meat yeah. and larceny. I mean, Craig Anderson's
0: big meat uh, related gimmick was when he cut his hand trying to slice frozen chicken right so
1: there's only you can only go up from there if i'm craig anderson i'm upset because this Hammond Punk comes along, and within a month, you've got the team handing out masks at games. Yet, Craig Anderson carries a team for years, and yet has the team ever handed out 10,000 bald caps at a game? Well, I guess Craig Anderson's real problem is that he's got the Punisher on his mask instead of
0: <laughs> instead of a uh, cartoon He's character. got the
1: Punisher, and he's got like that weird sort of EC Comics-style bug-eyed cartoon guy driving a Corvette, doesn't he? Or was that like last year's
0: mask? Yeah, the things on Craig Anderson's mask are difficult for the community to rally around, I think. It's difficult for you to explain to your eight-year-old kid, you know what the Punisher is.
1: Yeah, you can't. You can't explain comic books to kids, but you can explain why Alfred E. Newman, uh, <laughs> a cartoon character from a magazine that was popular in the '50s, is dressed like a McDonald's mascot that wasn't even that popular, invented sometime in the '70s. It's easy to explain
0: that because you just go, uh, you just had to be there, and that's the end of the
1: explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling, looking back on the 2014-2015 season, the story will be however it ends whether it's playoffs or not the story will be Andrew Hammond you had to be there <laughs> right because I don't know that we're going to be having the same conversation next year but I guess one of the things last time we sort of said was okay right Hammond and when we last taped this podcast I believe the senators were five points out of the wild card um, they have since with a couple you know minor hiccups against the Rangers Toronto Maple Leafs and Florida Panthers it, it, um, it happens to the best of us which <laughs> sort of it runs the spectrum of great terrible and eh, not too bad uh but you still need to beat them they have continued that run of success you know since in the three weeks since we taped this podcast and they've been rewarded by going from five points out to three points out i love the game of hockey so i guess my question to to you luke Peristi, is are the senators going to run out of time That would be the only way for them to miss the
0: playoffs at this point is that the Ottawa Senators will not miss the playoffs, but the season
1: might run out of games. That's (laughs)
0: That's the way to look at that. So what you're
1: saying is that if the season were 120 games long, they might squeak into the playoffs. Yeah, if this was was baseball, we'd be right there. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, No, but I mean, they are, you know, I've been seeing some of the stats and in a lot of respects, they're one of the strongest second half teams in the league right now, right? Uh, And whether that's Andrew Hammond or Dave Cameron or just, you know, a lot of things. Hey, some of it's Mark Stone. Some of it's Mark Stone. Some of it's a lack of Chris Phillips. uh, But. Forever in our hearts. Because I think Carlson is easily the points leader for defensemen in the second half, which he should be in the first half as well, but he isn't. But I don't think, I think they're going to run out of time. I think they're, you know, they're now within three of Detroit too, but they don't have a game in hand on Detroit. And Detroit's kind of trending down and Boston is winning pretty much every game. And back at the, you know, real classic Boston Bruins style of hockey where Brad Marchand is spearing dudes in the nuts and... (laughs) Um, They've got their mojo back. So I don't think the Senators are going to catch Boston, and I don't think there's enough time for Detroit to truly and completely collapse as much as i would love to see it and i would love to see it oh, even more man. i would love to see detroit collapse even more than i'd like to see the senators pass the bruins i've been seeing a lot
0: of smack from other fans about, oh isn't it cute how the senators think they have
1: a chance uh-huh and i'm like look, well, <laughs> yo if we make it i'm well going I mean, after you guys I here mean, look it's easy to say and we'll end up saying this again this year just like we did last year when you know if the senators miss by three or four or five points you could go back last year and you could say okay there were two or three very obvious wins that the senators should have had earlier in the season they blew those games and had they even scored one even had they even got a loser point in a couple of those games they would be right there though right now right (laughs) you know which is which is true and it'll be true again this year but you also have to account for the fact that sometimes you win 17 games in a row (laughs) yeah (laughs) which doesn't usually happen and you're sort of like oh my god this team is great you know they're winning everything but if you just space those out a little more you'd be right back to saying yeah they're you know a bubble team and kind of mediocre but you know when you get all your mediocrity out of the way at once and then you know all of your victories like a little bit of consistency would be nice yeah i guess what it kind of
0: drives home is that if ottawa ends up going something like 22 4 and 2 down the stretch and still misses the playoffs that means you put yourself way too far behind the eight ball in the first half of the season.
1: That's right, and I think, you know, it, it tells you that your talent level falls somewhere in between those two extremes, but you simply couldn't figure out a consistent way to slightly lose more hockey games than you won over the course of the season. and You had to do it in a very dramatic way, which, don't get me wrong, is very entertaining. It's been a really fun last two months, even if they missed the playoffs, but it kind of twists the knife just a little bit bit more right to fall behind as much as you theoretically can and then make the rush back just to miss at the final minute as enjoyable as it is it, it ultimately it will be kind of uh kind of painful so the lesson here is that consistency is the spice of life at the same time when you look back on this season you're going to look back on the last two months being a mr hammond's wild <laughs> ride and you're going to look back on um all the fun we've had and all the crazy you know i mean people look back on the kind of pesky sends you the same way right yeah, it's kind of weird to think
0: that, you know, Ottawa could go on a miraculous run and have be touched by the hand of Curtis
1: Lazar himself. <laughs> seated at the right hand of Daniel Alfredson. Curtis Lazar looks pretty good these days, ever since he ate that burger.
0: Yeah, I think not enough is being talked about that, really. <laughs> yeah. like, that
1: burger gave that dude life. That's he yeah. need, All he needed was some more protein. Well, it could be that he needed more protein. It could be that his body reacts favorably to the E. coli he inevitably picked up. <laughs> by eating a saliva-covered burger off of ice that's been spit on for two hours. No, but that, he, it was covered in saran wrap. It was fine. Man. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly.
0: Don't worry, man. I know this has been down some dude's pants for the past four hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, some guy But it's got a this. thin layer of uh, plastic on it. Some guy has been smashing this processed meat product in his coat pocket <laughs> for the last hour. And I'm only a world-class athlete that takes care of everything that goes into my body. That said, of course I'll eat this this burger that's fallen onto this. I mean, ice is filthy. They're <laughs> spitting all over it and bleeding all over it for the entire game. And he's eating, like, reheated meat off of it, even if it wasn't saran wrap. The only thing I can think of is there's so many factors there that are like, no, this is a bad idea that that burger was like curtis lazar's radioactive spider
0: like you didn't eat things you later regretted when you were 20
1: (laughs) how dare you judge that man we've all been there i've eaten things i regret 20 minutes ago but i'm not curtis lazar world-class athlete getting room and board from a senator's legend and trying to learn the road chris phillips is there and he's just like you know some days i think it's him who's teaching me (laughs) (laughs) and how weird is it going to be when he goes on ltir at the end of this year and he in the record books for at least the next 20 years until curtis lazar passes them both you have phillips 1179 alfredson 1178 like that is literally like a car running out (laughs) of gas as soon as it coasts into your garage that's the
0: guy who crashed on the last corner of the indianapolis 500 while in the lead yeah but,
1: but he still managed to squeak it over the line and then the second. car burst into flames. Like, I, and I think, you know, I mean, look, nobody's going to begrudge Chris Phillips' career or his legend status in Ottawa. I mean, we all get up every day and tell ourselves how lucky we are to have had Chris Phillips for 18 years on our team. To the point where I think he's lived in Ottawa longer than he grew up in Fort McMurray, right? Like, they're doing the hometown hockey from Canada. This Sunday. And I believe Chris Phillips, I saw, is taking over the Rogers hometown hockey account because Kanata is his hometown. Right. Wow. Like he's lived here so long. He will if if it were still an independent municipality, he would be the mayor at this point. So Kanata is
0: basically the flying Dutchman from Pirates of the Caribbean, where eventually you just become part of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> to <Just> start <laughs> becoming more and more Ottawa and yeah. Canada Ian and eventually he'll just be his own house and you can buy Chris Phillips yep. and live in him yep <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like what Curtis Lazar is doing now.
1: Yeah, kind of like that. If Phillips is done, I think people will look back on the first part of the season when Phillips was not playing at a NHL talent level, but still getting started over guys like Patrick Rikosch every game. All of a sudden making it to the magic 1179 and then basically shutting it down. I think people will look back on that as pretty fishy i like thinking about paul
0: McLean earlier this year who was like look i'm gonna be here for at least the next three years i'm gonna have to coexist with these guys in the locker room and you know i don't want to make enemies out of the leadership group so i'm gonna have to keep playing
1: them see that's a, that's regardless a, that's a of
0: very how i feel like i should go with the team
1: that's a very credible theory i suppose on the other hand mcclain could say whatever i won the jack adams they're never gonna fire me i can play whoever <laughs> i want but what i think probably happened was phillips went to brian murray uh a guy guy who is no stranger to caps or conventing deals <laughs> and said, I want 5 million dollars spread it over 2 years if it helps you with the cap. I want to get to 1179 and then I'll basically stop playing, right? I know I'm not an NHL quality defenseman, but you owe me this, just give me the money, get me the record and then I'm done. And for whatever reason they said yes, and not only are people going to say, "Oh, it seems kind of fishy they were trotting him out there to get that record when he couldn't play," but I think you make you could I don't know that you can pin the entire first half of the year on Chris Phillips. But if you take Chris Phillips out of the lineup more often than you play him in the first half of the season, if you free up Eric Carlson, don't you win maybe one or two more games? Don't you have maybe two or four more points? And how much does that matter at the end of the year? I guess what I'm saying is, if the Ottawa Senators miss the playoffs, tell me it's not entirely 100% Chris Phillips' fault. Grab your torches and pitchforks, folks, <laughs> <laughs> and head down the
0: street. Yeah, he's in Canada. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> there he is, that bullet loved guy who's
1: been here forever and well i mean he's opened up his east end brew pub now right so, so he's, saw that. he's reduced by 50 percent the odds that you'll be able to find him on any given afternoon finally there's an excuse to go out
0: to orleans
1: <laughs> thank god but i'm i'm Phillips. not i mean i'm not saying i'm just saying right now to be fair we also didn't have mark Mathot for the first part of the year and that's a big deal too but Um, I'm sticking with my theory that if the Senators miss the playoffs it's 100% Chris Phillips' fault well at least you're consistent
0: yeah I think we need to also have a moment of appreciation for three young guys who have recently come together and just really lit up the ice and lit up our hearts okay and I'm talking about the trio of Eric Condra Curtis Lazar and Jean-Gabriel
1: Paget oh I love that line that's such a good line right? Right. I mean, maybe it's a symbiosis of all three, but is it just that Condra and Peugeot are such smart players that they're pulling Lazar along? Is it that Lazar is improving independent of that? Like, why are those three so good
0: together? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people think that Eric Kondra is kind of, you know, like Sriracha.
1: He goes well with everything. I think no. he's, like, he's like a hockey savant. Yeah. Like, other than the fact, like, he made some really nifty moves in the neutral zone last night. And my theory is that he's got some kind of weird magnetic field coming out of his hands that the closer he gets to the iron of the goalpost, the harder it is to control them. But when he's far away from the iron at, at center ice, like, he's a wizard. He's like Mark Stone. He can do anything with his hands. It's just the closer he gets to the iron of the uh, the net, uh, his hands start to, like, be pushed apart like giant magnets. <laughs> He's really, like, a session musician, you know, where you can put him in
0: anywhere and he'll just, like, do his job, hold it down, put it, like, lay down this he, tight bass line. He is, but, like, he's, no one knows about him unless you're in the know, He's right? the Jeff Skunk Baxter of 12th forwards. Correct. All right. <laughs> (laughs) and so we've got this guy this hockey savant this guy who goes well with everything and then beautiful mind on the other side we have a guy who's just five foot eight
1: of straight passion and excitement jean gabriel Peugeot, and he's so he is i was thinking about this watching him last night he had a really interesting night because he did his usual thing where he won a bunch of face-offs threw his body around had a few shorthanded chances like he makes stuff happen he's very exciting to watch he gets under the skin of all the other players like in the first period he'd drew a penalty from ben bishop no less by crashing the crease gigantor until bishop who is 11 inches taller than he is started smashing his face into the ice because he was so ticked off by jg Peugeot. he's the player that we hoped we got when we traded for Corey connor but we had him all along <laughs> <laughs> but the condra Peugeot Lazar line i guess and i'm just thinking out loud here is interesting because condra and Peugeot are two guys that even though all they do is succeed in like like, you know sort of under the radar but still very important kind of third and fourth line ways the team has done everything they can to alienate these guys and make it clear that they're not either part of the plan going forward or blue chip prospects or even really all that important like all year we've heard eh, we don't really know if we're going to sign Eric Condra you know like we'll see if we have enough nickels lying around at the end <laughs> of the year after the RFAs but whatever it's Condra where he where's he gonna go and it's like any smart team like the Kings or the Blackhawks would look at Condra and say yeah for a million dollars he's a Great 12 forward. Same with Peugeot, like he spent half the year in the minors. Right. And all it's, you know, it's a little bit like Zibanejad last year, where like uh, there's not really any valid reason why they demoted him. And then they called him back and he played well. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And they were, I
0: like how the Ottawa senators give out a housing letter when they decide that they're not sending you down. They're yeah. like, you can rent an apartment now. We give you permission. It's you should do that. So
1: you've got these two guys who are neglected and abused, but still go out there and get it done on the ice every game. And you pair them with the golden child. Yes. Curtis Lazar, the guy for whom, even if he hasn't had any success on the ice, like, everything is laid out in front of this kid. You put these two these two salty little plugs with the golden boy, and look what happens. The three of them make beautiful, beautiful hockey music.
0: I kind of like it, because in Kondra and Pajot, you have the ice and fire, <laughs> and Curtis Lazar's job is to be the lukewarm water in between the two, He, you
1: know? he is the medium bowl of porridge between the two... <laughs> fire and ice extreme I don't I don't know if I would say that Eric Condra is like an extreme of anything like he's just kind of a guy who goes out there and plays solid hockey fine he's an extremely solid player <laughs> he is and, <laughs> and Eric
0: Condra's uh, the grinder for the thinking man I like know? that yeah I like that you know a lot of people you know who are out there calling the team 1200 <clears throat> are all about the Zach Smiths and the Mark Borowieckis and the Chris Neils but you know someone you know there is a segment of the fan base who sits at home in their weathered chairs surrounded by books in their smoking jackets looking at their giant Eric Condra portrait they had commissioned for $15,000 <laughs> in their sitting <laughs> (laughs) room, and they're going, that is the ideal of what i want to see in a hockey player
1: so that's a really good point because you've got there is a large segment of the fan base that really gets behind guys like neil and smith and Borvietsky, who are very obvious on their face as to what their value is in terms of toughness and grit and all of that and people sort of look at that and say okay that's what they do and they sort of ignore the fact that they may not do a lot of other things that have value right Peugeot Condra lazar is like the artisanal checking line (laughs) (laughs) right it's like the it's like the small batch handcrafted uh you know checking line speed line they only line. make three of them a year in like a small swiss village yeah, exactly. in the Alps. and it's like they don't put the grit and the you know up front but it's still there you know just underneath the surface like it's it's a well balanced nice nose all of that but you know when it doesn't do any one thing to the exclusion of other things people sort of assume it doesn't do anything when it fact that they are doing a lot of stuff including going out there getting guys angry checking guys punching them in the face like and lazar too like lazar will mix it up with anybody i was at the bruins game two weeks ago and he took like three runs at Zedano Chara. oh man it i was, remember that that was amazing it was fun to watch be still my heart <laughs> <laughs> it was like that's my son
0: right there <laughs> <laughs> going after zidane Chara. Mm-hmm. So i want to see so it's been very exciting uh we've got a crazy goaltender who's come from out of nowhere and we've got a third line sent from heaven itself and and mark
1: stone has emerged as a guy who won't win the calder but should yep uh there's lots of good things going on in ottawa lots and- of good things cooking in the senator's kitchen but like
0: in anything there's nothing so great that a politician won't come out and try to ruin it <laughs> i hate when we get political on this podcast <laughs> you you know, the Ottawa City Council was trying to capitalize on the excitement around these parts and kind of jumped the gun a bit on the old uh, Sens Mile.
1: That's right, and then they went out and they lost a bunch of games. Yeah, so... And, peop- and people assumed that uh, correlation and causality were the same thing. I, I'm only visiting in Ottawa right now, and I'd only been... When I
0: first showed up, I'd only been here for the better part of five minutes, and I'd already heard three different call-in Sens Mile hot takes on Shea 106.1. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, people are hot on this one. So
1: so the Sens wrote a letter to the city saying, please don't open Sens. Mile until we're actually in the playoffs. Which I think is a valid request. Because we're superstitious. I also received um, as a partial season seat owner, I also received an entire package of four rounds of playoff tickets in the mail from the Senators on Thursday. Yeah, but you're not going to go down to the bars on Elgin
0: Street and parade them around in front of everyone, (laughs) right? Like there's a there's a way to do this properly.
1: No, and look, I understand logistically the senators need to start getting prepared for playoff tickets, even if they're not going to use them. But for all this talk about superstition and putting the cart before the horse and you know using the Bruins as bulletin board material because they're offering to sell playoff tickets the Senators are printing theirs right now even if they're not (laughs) going to use them how is that not equally offending the the hockey superstition gods right like I mean you can't I used to get worried about what shirt I would wear to the the game thinking it would make a difference I stopped worrying about that this year and they've won far more games than they've lost when I've been in attendance which is like the first year that's ever happened right well look I'm glad you're able to accept your last of power towards the situation, well, and as our as our friend James once said, with respect to fan superstition, and you know, not necessarily correlating with whether or not your team wins the game. <laughs> it's almost like it's up to them. (laughs) Right? Like, it doesn't... Whether you open Sen's Mile, whether the Bruins are selling playoff tickets, whether the Senators are secretly printing their own, like, either you go out and you win the game or you don't. And the reason why the players get paid the big bucks is to not worry about that stuff and just go out and play their best game every night and not think about what's going on off the ice and focus and all of that. Wait, you've met hockey players, right? Yeah, They're probably some of the most
0: superstitious people. (laughs) Like, even the least superstitious. uh, hockey players, still a little stitious.
1: But in a way, I kind of wish that the Senators had just been like we're not. We're just going to completely ignore this Sens Mile thing. The city can do whatever they want. We already don't like the city because of the casino thing. We're just <laughs> let them. Like, who cares? We're just not even going to ignore it. We're not going to talk. We're not talking about anything until we're in the playoffs. The same thing with the video they put out last week about please don't throw burgers on the ice. It's like you know, okay, yeah, it's kind of annoying that they're throwing burgers on the ice. At the same time, you guys are making great hay from promoting Andrew Hammond holding up a burger at the end of the game. Curtis Lazar. Eating a disgusting, filthy burger off the ice. Like, you guys are promoting this yourselves. And then you sort of say, oh, well, but still, you probably shouldn't have that kind of fun, right? Like, it's what's the worst case scenario? They get penalized by the league. They get fined. They get told not to do it. But, like, this is a fan thing. It's developed organically, which never happens in Ottawa for as long as it lasts, which probably won't be that long because they're either not going to make the playoffs or Andrew Hammond's going to, you know, this is going to be the peak of his career. Like, enjoy it while it lasts. Take the fine from the league. League. clean the meat off the ice you know it's not going to clog the zamboni for god's sake just let them throw their burgers See, I thought that was more of a plausible deniability thing.
0: I thought they, the Ottawa Senators' organization couldn't be seen inherently condoning the act of throwing things on the ice. I think the league would have been like, come on, guys, that's, you can't tell them that yeah, that's okay. Can, and so they did the video to be, like, just to, like, cover all their bases. No one's gonna throw a burger and then not be allowed back to the arena or anything, right? I,
1: like, it's... I mean, I think I think you can still have... It's a legal kind of, argument. I think there's still a way to finesse it, you know, sort of like the diplomatic dance that we do with Taiwan, where we don't recognize them as a country, but we still do business with their government, you know, at a, at a departmental level. There's no reason why you couldn't do the same thing with the burgers. Just ignore it. Just say to the league, yeah, we'll see what we can do about it. But don't whether it's the letter to the city or whether it's the video about uh, don't throw burgers it's just like to me i i would like the senators better and this is a minor complaint i'm not really that upset but to me i would like the senators better if they just ignored all of that stuff and just said we're not talking to anybody or taking any position on anything that's happening outside this 200 feet of ice until we are in or out of the playoffs we're not writing letters to the city. We're not telling the fans what to do. We're just putting our heads down and getting to work. And all this insanity going on around our playoff push is what it's going to be. It doesn't matter to us. We're just here to do our jobs. Acts like you've been there before. Exactly. Don't, you know, validate any of it with a response. There's no reason you can't do like a New Jersey Devil's Lou Lamarello style. What burgers? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, we should have, we should have brought uh, Paul that- McLean back just for press conferences.
0: <laughs> this guy has no power over the team anymore, but what, you can direct your questions to him. That's a really good question. What would Paul McLean say about the burger throwing? He'd be like, well, I'm, "I wish there was more lobster in it. I lobster <laughs> roll season in Nova Scotia these days, so you know, know- got to get some more surf and turf out there."
1: I remember uh, during a junior game, back in Antigonish in 1972, they were throwing lobster, which at the time was the poor man's steak. I remember uh, Davey Kettles got one right in the ear. Oh, he tried to go into the stands to fight the fan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Back then, you could do that. That guy just had a bag full of lobsters,
0: just (laughs) chucking them on the ice after every penalty.
1: Well, I mean, I guess it's been a weird year, hasn't it? Well, what is normal? Well, I guess that's true. But we've got five games left. Screw the Bruins. Screw the Red Wings. The one thing I do want to see happen is that they beat Toronto on Sunday. Not because I hate Toronto, not because I'm one of those small-time clown-shoes guys yelling Leaf suck during every time out of the Sens game. Who we were were sitting behind last Yeah, well, I mean, you're always sitting behind that guy, right? And it's like... Whatever. I'm not going to get on a rant about how small time it is to yell Leaf suck oh, at, a, I think at he, a Senators Lightning game no. on a Thursday night when the Leafs are not even playing. Don't hurt them. This is in good material. League. When they're fourth worst in the league and you're still yelling Leaf suck, it's like the best revenge is living well. <laughs> just shut up about the Leafs. They are getting Connor McDavid this year, by the way. That's a lead pipe cinch. But yeah, they have to beat the Leafs on Sunday just because the fact that they lost a point to those Jokers uh, last week is unacceptable.
0: That was kind of like refreshing in a way, though, because for a moment there, I felt like the Ottawa Senators had finally turned a corner in terms of like their ghosts and their history. It's like, look, these Leafs tormented us a decade ago, and since then, you know, we are like everything has changed. The Leafs fans are actively cheering for them for their own team to lose, and we're making this big Cinderella push. But still, there's just a little something there that even this terrible Leafs team bring like has a comeback in the third period and takes it in overtime on a tyler bozak hat trick
1: but that's a fan perception the players do not care and i saw somebody saying oh you know the leafs are going to get up because they always want to beat the Sens." it's like the leafs don't want to be anybody right now like they have the like, every day there's an article about how toxic that locker room is you think the one thing that's going to bring them together is beating the ottawa senators you think they care and on the Senators' side, like, they want to beat a bad team, and that's true whether it's the Leafs or anybody else. The only two guys who remember the Battle of Ontario, neither of them were playing, right? There are two assistant captains. Everybody else has, like, only been around since
0: 2009. So what you're saying is it's almost as if who plays on the team now has no bearing on who used to play for the that's team. That's
1: what I'm saying. I'm saying that players are not burdened by the weight of history the way fans are. All right. and, that's, and that's a good thing. So the We Senate- still we still want to beat the Leafs on Sunday, though. Yeah. Let's- That's the the takeaway here. That's because they're a bad team. And the Senators need every point they can get, especially from bad teams. They have left on the schedule. They have Washington, Toronto. I think they play the Rangers again, the Flyers and the Penguins. And outside of Toronto and arguably Philadelphia, that's not really an easy schedule. I mean, maybe some of those teams will shut it down near the end of the season, but it's still going to be difficult for them to get, I don't know, eight out of 10 points, which would be very optimistic. They're going to
0: try. That's the best we can say. That's the best we can say. And I guess when we come back, next you know we'll either get to break down some playoff talk or we'll talk about the teams that we hate the least who are in the playoffs so we can you can look forward to that folks all right so we'll leave it there and uh we hope to talk to you soon with good news and enjoy the next uh, couple weeks yeah. Ottawa. wait to hear from us to find out if
1: the senators made the playoffs you will hear it here first you you may all right see ya later
0: Were a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms, breaking the town's local hockey team down. Some microphones on. No other podcast was finer. Or was more of a hit with the big big diners. We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Shedden and Parise are alive. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Well, I was saying whoa. to you last night, um, whoa. if I were to whoa. buy a jersey day and i'm not because i'm not made of money luke for (laughs) it how do you not get a mark stone jersey look at that guy mark
0: stone's the remix of daniel alfredson this point solid two-way player smart as all heck and strong on the puck and just waits and does good stuff
1: and calder candidate and all sorts of good things I, i want to start calling him the magic man you know because of the the wizardry that he's doing with that extra long stick of his and I don't like the way that sounds I say it. It's 2-8. It's in the, it's in there now. It's, but it's, it's on record now. So, Mark Stone, the wizardry that you uh, <laughs> achieve with your extra long stick is why I want to call you the magic man. <laughs> How do you do the magic you did, Mark Stone?
0: <laughs> with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just
1: about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?